1: Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com business gold card.
2: Well, what's good, everybody? Welcome in to the early edge and your prop spectacular. That is back. This is going to be our time every single week during the NFL season, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Everything you could possibly want in the world of pros. But before we get to the stars of the show, we want to tell you that the bosses called me today, and they said, Coach, we want to do everybody at home a solid. We want everybody walking around in early edge gear. So for the rest of the year, we're going to give 20% off All the Early Edge merch, you can see the QR code there on your screen if you're watching on YouTube, or you can click the link in the show description and get all the Early Edge merch that you want. Now, one of the shows that was so incredibly popular was this one a year ago. But it's not just about the picks. Yes, Prop Stars was profitable. Yes, Uncle Dave had a better than 50% record. But it's about the fun of doing it together. So I was thrilled. When the bosses said they locked these two up for another season. So let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them, You love them, And with all due respect to Alex, who I'm with on a daily basis, Uncle
3: Dave Richard,
2: welcome back to our show. What's up, big boy?
3: Gentlemen. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, Come say hello to your uncle.
2: <laughs> it would not be the same without the sweat suit
3: jacket oh seven months it's been too long you ready to go yes there, there's been nothing that we could do a player prop on for the last seven months give me a break
2: <laughs> that is very true now as gets... there, was, there was
3: a draft there was all kinds of stuff
2: by the way last night one of my drafts because i'm going to kick alex's ass in our fantasy football league uh i scored the first touchdown of the game i had him i had him i had him in my fantasy league yeah, yeah. so speaking of alex one of my Favorite people, but also he's now an enemy in fan first time I'm ever playing fantasies this year. First time ever, because he got me into wow. it. Alex. Wook. Well, yeah, first time ever. Alex, what's good, man?
0: What is good, coach? This feels like a family reunion that you look forward to getting to be with my long-lost uncle Dave. I feel <laughs> so happy. I've got this warm tingly feeling inside. I couldn't be more excited. I've been counting down the days to this coach coach you're like my surrogate father and then dave is like my uncle so uh yeah i wonder i'm i'm
2: happy i wonder how many minutes it was going to take for us to say something a little bit off color and it took all of three all (laughs) warm and I, i don't need to know how tingly you are inside alex all right so quickly quickly i can tell you that we have started a new show with alex because this just isn't enough time for him to talk so Twitter spaces, or Instagram every Wednesday. We're still working on the start time, but he will. you'll be able to ask all kinds of questions. We did it yesterday. It was a huge hit, so we're going to do it every single week. But, gentlemen, we've got to get to our picks for this show. So let's jump right into it. And, Alex, I'm going to start with you because everybody's talking about the Ravens today. Everybody's talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't get his contract done. So talks are off. At the Jets, laying six and a half. I love the Ravens, but this isn't a show about sides. It's about props. Start us off.
0: Yeah, Coach, I'm loving myself some Lamar Jackson. Over 224 and a half passing yards. Baltimore came into last season with a plethora of injuries to their entire backfield. That seems to once again be the case this season with nearly every running back atop the death chart with some sort of injury. J.K. Dobbins, highly questionable coming into week one. Even if he does suit up, he'll be on a pitch count. Gus Edwards, not going to be active. You have guys like Mike Davis, a journeyman, Kenyon drake who was released by the ravens just a few excuse me the raiders just a few weeks ago uh, atop of this uh depth chart for baltimore it looks like yeah we'll see some sort of combination a split in the backfield between drake and mike davis um which i think baltimore would like to run the football a lot more because obviously they got away from that last year we saw them not make the playoffs as a result for the first time in a while But I just don't think they have the personnel to run the football, at least until we get Dobbins back healthy and Gus Edwards back healthy. So I think just out of pure necessity, we're going to have to see this Ravens team throw the ball a lot. This is an excellent matchup to do that. First of all, Lamar last season eclipsed this line in 9 of 11 starts. He actually averaged 261 passing yards Per game. He gets the Jets. The Jets were 32nd, dead last in DVOA last season. This is a very porous pass defense as well. I also think with Joe Flacco under center for the Jets, he's going to push the Ravens more than Zach Wilson would. I actually think Joe Flacco is an upgrade at quarterback for the Jets. And despite uh, the Ravens being six and a half or seven point favorites, I think this game actually has a chance to be sneakily competitive, which will help this prop. In my opinion, I think Lamar made a bunch of strides last season, especially throwing the football. We're going to get back to that. This is a very, very low number. I love this prop over 224 and a half passing yards for Lamar
2: and don't think for a second don't think for a second that Lamar Jackson is not going to want to show off to show the good people of Baltimore and other teams you don't want to pay me 250 guaranteed somebody else will somebody else will I love this first play and by the way Alex you know it's just like a 30 or 45 minute show right You, you are aware of that coach the people
0: ask for they ask for the long (laughs) tape you know
2: (laughs) it's very true I've always told you I never want you to change anything you do and I mean that I mean that there's a reason you're you now Dave I know you've been sitting there like a rabbit dog ready ready to be let out of the out of the cage so we've been on the Panthers at the early edge since the trade of Baker Mayfield was announced a couple of months ago I see that ticket just like a flashing red light in my account but the quarterback they left behind. I just don't think he's very good. And apparently for week one,
3: neither do you. No, uh, we're talking about Jacoby Brissett, and I I can't think of a more popular player in the National Football League to to start with a player prop on than (laughs) Jacoby Brissett, who has a strong arm, but he's pretty gun-shy when he throws. And that's why I like under 33 half yards as his longest pass completion. Even with the juice at minus 125, I love this one, coach. His best receivers are Amari Cooper, David Njoku. Not exactly guys that can stretch defenses at this point in their careers. Three throws last year out of 220-something from Jacoby Brissett went for more than 33 yards. That's 1.3% of his throws. Last time we saw Brissett as like a week-in, week-out starter, 2019, well, he had more throws. Seven out of, I don't know, 400-some-odd pass attempts that went 33 or more yards. That's 1.6%. Literally less than 2% of his throws, the last two times that he's been on the field, have been completed for 34 or more yards. Mari Cooper only had two catches over this in 2021, and he had Dak Prescott as his quarterback. On top of all that, the Carolina secondary is pretty solid. I think their defense is pretty underrated overall. I think Brissett's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. That means that it's going to come down to a major catch and run by somebody to uh, to get to 34 yards. I don't think it's happening. I usually hate these types of props, but I'm going to dance all over the place when Jacoby Brissett gets under 33 and a half yards of his longest completion.
2: Alex, go.
0: Yeah, I think this is a really sneaky good look from Dave. I love this prop. Uh, Brissett loves to uh, just attack short intermediate portions of the field as well. I think he targeted his running back as much as any quarterback uh, on a, on a percentage basis last season. So yeah, I fully agree. Cleveland doesn't really have the personnel either to rip off long plays, It's just a bunch of possession guys and an athletic tight end. So yeah, it would take a, a pretty ridiculous series of events, I think to uh, complete a big pass like that. So love this.
3: Right. You, you mentioned the check down of the running backs that's there, but one of the reasons why I love David Njoku in fantasy is that over 27% of his passes have gone to tight ends, not just in Miami last year, but again, going back to 2019 with the Colts, there too. So Nujoku's one, it, maybe we're giving a two for one year already, but Nujoku's over. I, I, I kind of like Najoku's over. I think he can get around 50 yards in the game, but I don't think he's going to get it all on one catch.
2: There's a lot of people in the chat right now going, oh, I'm getting all this information. That's what we do. We don't put people in boxes and say, you're just this. Although you can watch Uncle Dave on Fantasy Football Today, the number one fantasy football show in all of America. We just borrow him just for a little bit. That's all. By the way, when can they watch that show on Sunday, Dave?
3: Well, I believe it is 10 a.m. Eastern when we will be live on CBS Sports HQ or free on the CBS Sports app. And I believe there's going to be a, a show in parallel to that on YouTube on Sunday mornings. And I believe it involves you guys.
2: Well, I mean, it is it is a hit show. We call it the Sunday brunch version of Early Edge at 10 a.m. But they can watch both. They can watch us on demand or whatever. But then at noon Eastern time, we'll have a full one hour leading up to the one o'clock games. So you can watch us there, watch fantasy football today at 10 a.m. But I got to tell you, and I know we got to move on, but I'm a little surprised that uh, Alex is being so giving because when you give out a prop, that you have found happens less than 2% of the time. That's usually Alex's wheelhouse. Now he's, I thought you'd be jealous that he found such a good one, Alex, but no, you're a team player. I am. I, am, oh, I think deep. I think deep down, he's burning. He's like, I'm gonna go back into no. the lab. I'm gonna find one that's happened one no. percent of the time.
3: You, you <laughs> I know he's going so. to.
2: You know he's going to. All that's right, my ahead.
3: degenerate nephew you're talking about, Coach. I don't think he's got it in his heart to do. Oh man, I
2: love this show so much. All right, next game on the board: Steelers and the Bengals. It's a divisional rivalry right out of the box. Now, Bengals are favored by six and a half. We don't know what Joe Burrow is gonna look like. Last night, we should have been a little more cautious on Matthew Stafford. However, one of my cappers thinks that maybe the Bengals will start a little slow and one wide receiver in particular will start slow. Alex, who am I talking about?
0: yeah this is a play that uncle dave might approve of considering last year he faded this guy quite a bit as did i tyler boyd under four and a half reception this is by far the juiciest play that i have but i think the juice is worth the squeeze in this particular prop coach this is just a big number for boyd held under five receptions in 10 of 16 games last season uh he also only averaged 4.18 receptions per game he only averaged 5.8 targets per game last year so five receptions is just a very very Big ask for him. We know the Bengals, they possess two alpha wide receiver ones who could push for double digit targets on a weekly basis in T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, playing a Steelers team that the Bengals are six and a half point favorites against. They also have a low total of 44 points projected between both teams as well. I think for Boyd to even have a shot at five receptions, it would require a much more up tempo game environment, which I do not think this is going to be. Also worth noting that Boyd last season combined for six receptions in his two games against the Steelers as well so this was just sort of opened at three and a half and it's why I'm willing to pay the juice here
2: you know I'm not a math major but that's an average of three catches a game for those of you who are trying to do the division or the multiplication uh Joe in the chat says Uncle Dave looks like a suburban money launderer that's funny (laughs) that is funny I don't care who you are. That's oh, funny. I wish. <laughs> he says, I only wish I could do it. I I've once got had a, a kid in college. Back say, I've got
3: a tuition to pay.
2: Yeah, you need that money coming in. One of my bookies used to be called Sharky. This is 20 years ago. And you can imagine what his main business was. I never had to use it, but that's what they nicknamed him. Mm-hmm. All right. I love that Cincinnati play. And you're right. The Steelers. I mean, when you're trying to decide who's going to be your quarterback, you know, it's going to be a very conservative game plan for them while they try to figure out if Kenny Pickett's going to come in or if they're going to stick with Trubisky, what they're going to do. But I love the fact that you think it's going to be a slow game script. Love that. All right. Now let's switch back over to Dave because a team and sometimes Dave, it's the hard, hard knocks scenario where you watch a team, you you fall in love with their head coach, you fall in love with their players. You're like, ah, that's going to be my team this year. And then you remember they're the Detroit Lions and you remember that the Eagles are going to be a really good team this year. They're favorite on
3: the road. What prop do you like in this game, though? I'm going to go with another quarterback prop. I'm going to say Jared Goff throws a pick. So over one half interception for Jared Goff against a vastly improved Philadelphia Eagles secondary. They added James Bradbury. They added Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They're teaming up with Darius Slay, who's an ex-Lion, by the way. And Avante Maddox is their slot corner. Their pass rush has also improved with Jordan Davis. Fletcher Cox is there, Brandon Graham. Those guys have been there for a while. But this is – I think this might end up being the best defense in the NFC. I think mm-hmm. this might end up being the Super Bowl team to come out of the NFC. I love all the fundamentals on Philadelphia. And with the offensive line ding just a little bit in Detroit – And with Jared Goff having to throw from behind and Jared Goff being Jared Goff, him throwing an interception wouldn't surprise me. Might happen late, might be his last pass of the game. But I think at minus 119, I think it's worth the price tag to put down some change on him. Uh, Probably my second favorite player prop that I'm going to list here today. And that's because the first player prop was under a 2% success rate. (laughs) I guess in this case, a 98% success rate in favor of our, of our betting friends out
2: there. I mean, you want to be, you, you want to have excellence. That's, that's what uncle Dave is all about. Alex, you got something to say, go for it.
0: Uh, I always have something to say coach, but yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love this. Uh, I love, I don't typically like interception props for quarterbacks. I think they're somewhat volatile high variance, but uh, couldn't agree more here. I think the Seagulls defense is elite. I love all the additions they made in the off season. And uh, yeah, full agreement with Dave here. I wish I could uh, come at you with some, uh, Combative takes, but love everything Dave has so far.
3: Could you You even pretend? Could you even pretend in this case to come up with a competitive? He can't pretend. He can't pretend. Oh, Jared Goff is good. Like, you can't do it. (laughs) Eric in the
2: chat said, no, you can't do it. God, I miss this show so much. Uh, Eric says, Coach trying to instigate a showdown right before our very eyes. Of course. I'm always going to try and do that. Are you kidding me? I only give these guys five spots every single week. Coach, do you remember –
0: Last season, Dave and I had a very, very uh, famous showdown. I think the first showdown in early Edge or Sportsline history where there were pizzas on the line. And I actually lost said showdown and had to send two deep dish pizzas to Uncle Dave.
2: How could I forget that, Alex? How could I forget that? And Dave is still has those in his freezer waiting (laughs) to eat them this season that's crazy
3: no they were they were gone the (laughs) second they arrived and uh i believe that was the only showdown bet i won and i believe i lost one to each of you so those were some really expensive pizzas
2: (laughs) i have like an 85 percent win rate on showdowns right now i've been on fire dave since we last were together also something that's changed since the last time you were on the early edge we've grown we're bigger now. We've got to pay bills. So hang tight, gentlemen. I want everybody at home to understand just exactly what CBS is bringing to the table this
1: fall. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: I I, I normally don't talk trash on other shows, but this was hilarious. Did anybody see Stephen A. Smith today on the first day? Anybody see that? He was asked, who's going to score the most most points this week? He said the Chargers. He said, who's going to win the Raiders game? He said the Raiders.
3: (laughs) I make mistakes like that all the time. They're they're playing
2: each other. They're playing each other. Yeah. Do some homework. They're playing each other. Now, this is a matchup next. And I'm coming to you, Alex, because the Patriots, since Tom Brady left, they've done nothing. The Miami Dolphins, in the offseason, they did everything. New head coach. You've got a quarterback that Tyreek Hill says is better than number 15 in Kansas City. Stop it. Just stop it. But with that being said, again, we don't care about the sides. We care about what's inside the game. Give me one from this game that you like.
0: Yeah, that's a blasphemous statement, Tyreek. So you better... Uh, keep, keep that guy's name out your mouth, Tyreek. <coughs> but we're going Mike Gusecki, under 32 and a half receiving yards coach. You know I've loved fading this guy all offseason. I'm fading all of his season-long stuff. Got some great closing line value on those props. Been talking about it a lot. But, uh, yeah, if you've been following my picks, you know that Gusecki is a very popular fade for me. Uh, this guy was essentially a big slot wide receiver last year for the Dolphins, which will not be the case this season after the Dolphins acquired Tyreek Hill and also have Jalen Waddle on the roster. New head coach Mike McDaniel from San Francisco. He was the offensive coordinator last year. Prior to that, he was the run game coordinator in San Francisco. He loves to use his tight ends in line into and to block quite a bit. We saw George Kittle uh, in that role a lot. That is not Mike Gusecki's game whatsoever. Mike Gusecki is not a uh, competent blocker, in my opinion. You're going to see uh, way less snaps from him. He's going to be on the field a lot less It's also rumored to be on the trade block all offseason because he is not a scheme fit in this Mike McDaniel offense. Uh, Also, I've heard just numerous quotes from various beat writers in Miami saying that he has been much less, Gusecki, much less of a focal point in the offseason or in the offense throughout the offseason. He was also playing deep into the preseason because he was trying to get every rep he could for this very reason. So This is also a very difficult matchup versus New England, who allowed the fewest yards to opposing tight ends last season. Not only were they first in DVOA against opposing tight ends, they gave up 418 yards, coach, in 17 games to tight ends. To put into perspective on how ridiculous that is, the next best team gave up 580 So this is an elite defense when it comes to covering tight ends. Gasecki's not going to be on the field that much, and there are just a lot more mouths to feed in this offense as well. So I love fading Mike Gasecki under 32 and a half yards and probably the most difficult possible matchup for him this weekend against New England.
2: Educate and entertain, baby. Educate and entertain. My man Alex just gave you about eight different reasons to play this prop. That 50-50 guy, I don't know where he is. He left a long, 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 long time ago. By the way, Jiree in the chat says, Coach, you know this is the only show that we watch. I know, but I got to respect the other ones. I know they're not as good, but I got to respect them. Now, Dave, I felt like you were standing there for the Star-Spangled Banner during that entire take. (laughs) uh, Getting getting ready. And apparently, uh, the Atlanta Falcons don't like the Star-Spangled Banner because it was played in their house Last year, they were 0-7 against the spread, but they'll start at home this year against the new-look Jameis Winston-led New Orleans Saints. Now, speaking of Winston, once again, you're attacking a quarterback. Talk to
3: me. Three for three on the quarterback props, and might I say an incredible segue to this game when bringing up my hand on my chest, and Falcons must not like it when they play at home because they were terrible at home. Uh, they're going to be terrible again, but I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be the main reason why they lose on Sunday. I think it's going to be a game where Alvin Kamara just loads up against them. So I will take under 29 and a half pass attempts for Jameis Winston at minus 104. So not as bad of a vig as we're used to seeing on some of these other props. He was under 30 pass attempts in four of six games last year with the saints. He was actually under 31 in five of six, but trying to focus on that number 30, What that tells me is that this Saints coaching staff, and yes, it's still the same staff just without Sean Payton there. They didn't want to let him throw all over the place. If they could win a game being balanced or maybe even a little more run heavy and not necessarily hustling with the football, they would take that. And they did that early in the year last year, and they did it often with Winston under center. They clearly don't want to have him be the focal point of their offense. They're good with Alvin Kamara. I don't blame them for it. And the matchup is great. The Falcons defense has a bunch of injuries right now. A lot of starters on IR. Uh, The the defense for New Orleans is great. I think that's going to help them control the game clock. Their own offensive line is great. That's going to help their run game. I don't think Jameis is going to have to do a whole lot. He is ranked way low in my quarterback rankings this week. Not that people are excited or not excited or even have Jameis Winston on a lot of their one QB fantasy teams. But if you were thinking about it, don't do it. And I think that extends to the receivers, too. Winston's not going to throw a lot. You should cash in.
2: I was listening to a radio show on the ESPN affiliate out here yesterday, and they were doing an interview. And they asked the guy about the Saints. And and the the host, I almost drove off the road. He said this. He goes, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jameis Winston as an MVP candidate this year. What are your thoughts on that? And I'm like, what? (laughs) Who is talking about this guy as an MVP candidate? I'm not. Are you guys? Oh, oh, you are, Alex.
0: I'm not necessarily talking about Jameis as an MVP candidate. I did just have a quick counterpoint to Dave's play is okay. the Saints did lack the personnel last season to really throw the ball a lot. We had Marquez Calloway, Tracon Smith at the top of the depth chart. Their wide receiver group looks a lot better this year. Michael Thomas, Olave, the rookie, and uh, Jarvis Landry from the Browns is the great possession receiver and slot receiver. Uh, so there are more weapons for or at Jameis's disposal. Not not saying I dislike the player or anything like that. But it's going to be a much better offense, in my See, opinion, as far as the passing
3: game is concerned this year. I think that is you saying you dislike the play. And the only thing that I would counter with is that they don't need these guys to contend with the Falcons this week. And we know that Michael Thomas isn't at 100 percent. This feels like a good opportunity for him to just kind of get back into the swing of things. Remember, he didn't even play in the preseason. He was out for half the preseason with an injury. Olave, it's his first NFL game. I don't think they're going to try and rush him. Jarvis Landry, it's his 900th NFL game. He's been around a long time. Maybe take it easy on him as well. I I think they're going to be very conservative in this matchup. Anything else, Alex? Uh,
0: Again, I, I honestly don't dislike the play. I just wanted to put that out there.
2: You know I me. Mean? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an innocent bystander. <laughs> I will sit here and let you guys You're argue sure? all. If I felt it want. was
0: showdown worthy, you know I have. Uh, I, I, I'm not afraid <laughs> to say I'm it. That's what I'm trying to do. Come oh, on, Come it on, I work. have so much conviction. I am the the, the least afraid person <laughs> of a showdown. So if I That's felt true. that I had an edge on the other side, I would have zero problem telling oh, okay. you guys.
2: All right, yeah. Eric wants it. Eric, Eric's like, give me a showdown. Uh, all right. <clears throat> there it is. I smell a showdown. I smell it. Hit the mu- Everybody's asking for it. We're but getting yet, there. We're getting there. Get, we're, we're getting there. This is week one. Everybody wants to get along. Believe me, by week four, we'll have three a show. We'll have three a show. All right. Next game. What do we call, Alex, when it's two horrible teams and people say nobody's paying attention to that game? We don't see this as a game nobody's paying attention to, what do we see it as?
0: Coach, we see this as a land of opportunities because this game has so many potential spots. Who cares that these teams aren't potential Super Bowl contenders? We're talking about the Washington Commanders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. There are a ton of props to be had in this game. We can sneakily see a shootout here with plenty of overs going off. So, yeah, I love two props in this. I guess that's a good chance to tell you about them. First up, Evan Ingram over 24 and a half receiving yards. I think Jacksonville was an excellent landing spot for Evan Ingram. Well, if you look at what Ingram did over the last few years, while he was long misused by a clueless and ineffective Giants coaching staff, he could return to form in the Jaguars offense. As a rookie, if you remember, he had 64 receptions, 772 yards, and six touchdowns. I believe he was the tight end four in fantasy that year. He could command a surprising target share in a Jags offense without a dominant wideout. Also, Jags new head coach, Doug Peterson, loves tight ends had a tremendous amount of success with tight ends. Zach Ertz recorded 357 receptions in his first four seasons under Peterson Dallas Goddard even had success as a tight end two behind Zach Ertz in that Doug Peterson offense so this is just like I said a great landing spot I know that was really a big uh, uh, point for um, Ingram's uh, excuse me signing there as well Ingram's issues with drops meanwhile has been overblown in recent years last season he dropped eight percent of his targets 13th highest among tight ends and lower than goddard i might add as well again this is also a friendly matchup versus the washington commanders they give up the ninth most yards to opposing tight ends last season they're starting safety uh, cameron curl will also be inactive which certainly can't uh, hurt the matchup either 24 and a half yards is two catches coach i think also trevor lawrence loves targeting his tight ends so this one checks every box for me evan ingram over 24 and a half receiving yards coach love this
2: one <laughs> I got to say, Alex, I'm a little disappointed in you. A like little disappointed. And, I, and I, I cannot take credit for this. Somebody texted me and they said, Why did, when you ask him, what do we see it as? Why did he not say a proper Tunity? Come on. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. Come on. That, of course, was the jeweler. How does the jeweler come up with that and you don't come up with that? It's a
0: very good question, coach. And I do have one more play from this game. Jahan Uh Dotson, rookie wide receiver, over 34 and a half receiving yards. Dotson has pretty much flown under the radar all offseason season. Barely heard a word about him, despite being the 16th overall pick and the and the I believe it was the fifth wide receiver drafted last year. Terry Terry McLaurin, who's the alpha number one wide receiver in Washington, but Dotson is going to be an every down running mate at the Z spot in that offense. Reports out of the Commanders' training camp had Dotson and Carson Wentz striking up a great connection. These two were obvious were playing together while McLaurin was uh, negotiating his contract, so they have gotten a ton of reps together, and I've heard. Carson Wentz feels more comfortable throwing the ball to Dotson than he even does Terry McLaurin. Uh, I also think this is a great matchup against these Jaguars. They were 31st in pass defensive DVOA, dead last in opponent completion rate, 27th in yards per attempt, 24th in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers last year as well. Logan Thomas is still recovering from a major knee injury that he had in December. He's questionable at best if he plays. I don't know how effective he'll be. And this matchup just has sneaky shootout potential as well. I think Dotson's going to turn a lot of heads starting this week in a great matchup versus Jacksonville.
2: I love both of those takes. But do you know who else is also disappointed in you, Alex? coach let's noah noah no. Noah's is disappointed in you. the boss the boss uh-oh it's not a good look that is not, not a, a look good look, look. i'm just gonna say it's not a good look not Oof. a good look all kidding aside it's not a good look we'll try to navigate through it though because we still have a couple more picks to get through and then a couple from the chat jiree i see your question we'll get to it in a second dave i'm coming back to you because i just told that story about steven a first take raiders and charges we just so happen to have that game. I probably should have waited to tell that joke uh, before this one, but that's okay. That's okay. Chargers are favored in this game. Total is 52. And you have really focused week one on quarterbacks. Talk to me.
3: That's by design, Coach. I think that that's the safest position to put I your agree. money on in week one of the NFL season, particularly veteran quarterbacks who have been around a long time. You'll see that with my last prop, too. Justin Herbert's going over 283 and a half passing yards. I have no idea why this number is as low as it is. Maybe the books think that he's going to get hurt or something like that. But this is not a Chargers team that likes to run the football. They're going to throw it a lot. And I think Herbert's going to do plenty of it against this Las Vegas Raiders defense. The secondary isn't very good. The pass rush is better. I'll grant you that. But I think the improved offensive line for the Chargers is going to be a big factor for this year for L.A. I think they're going to be great. He's been over this number in two of his last three games against the Raiders, and he's averaged more than this in each of his first two seasons in the NFL. So why is it so low? Don't ask questions. Just go take the over on Just this one. Bang it 283 and a half passing yards at minus 117.
2: Uh, can't beat the juice. You can't beat the number. I would guess by Sunday when we revisit these plays, this number will be... 290, 290 291 yep. there's a reason we do this show on friday said said i love this on a friday afternoon well there's a reason for it. it's not just hey we got nothing else to do on fridays it's always strategic always strategic get the number out on friday do not wait and some of you depending on your book look they come out at a certain time you got to get the number or they go like this all right last play on the board and we'll answer a couple of questions <sighs> packers vikings Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw to anymore. He's got no weapons. They're young. They need work. They don't know what they're doing, which translates, Dave, into what?
3: It translates into what I think is my favorite player prop of the week because we're getting odds in our favor, and it's crazy. But it's a little bit of a crazy bet. It's Aaron Rodgers going under one and a half passing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers not throwing two touchdowns. It seems blasphemous. But let's think about it. Devontae Adams, he's in Vegas now. Alan Lazard, he's doubtful, not going to play. Who's left for Aaron Rodgers to throw to? You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got Randall Cobb. You've got a couple of rookies and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. You've got a tight end, Robert Tunyon. You've got those running backs. The running backs can catch the ball. Maybe they can make a play. But expecting two touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Yes, of course it can happen. But when you're getting plus 159 as your odds, I think you're willing to take that bet. Quite a bit. And I think these running backs, they're going to do a lot of work in Green Bay, but it's going to be on handoffs. I don't think Aaron Rodgers should involve them a ton in the passing game. Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't even want to. Rodgers isn't the kind of guy that likes to dink and dunk his throws. He wants to air it out. But look at who he's airing it out to a couple of old dudes and a couple of inexperienced (laughs) dudes. And remember last year, Green Bay didn't play their starters in the preseason. What happened in week one? They went to Jacksonville to play the Saints. That's something that actually happened. And the Saints kicked their butts. Rodgers even got pulled in the game. In fact, Aaron Rodgers has one touchdown or no touchdowns in three of his past five week one games. So not exactly the fastest starter right out the gate. Great track record against Minnesota. This is a defense that's going to get after him quite a bit. And the cherry on top is news that happened while we were recording the show. The Packers injury report is out. David Bakhtiari, the starting left tackle, questionable for the game, did not practice on Friday will not be at 100%. The other starting tackle is Elton Jenkins. He's also questionable. He's already banged up. So both of those tackles that are protecting Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to be at 100% already. And this Vikings defense is going to be better, and they're going to be aggressive, and they're going to come after Rodgers. And Mm -hmm. I think it could be a nightmare for Green Bay. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a hard time completing two touchdowns. Well, you know those ends are going to go
2: up the field Make him come up in the pocket, those wide outs, he won't be able to see him from there. And this could right. be a long afternoon. Just what you are describing. I love this play also. Quickly from the chat, Alex, let me come back to you. There is a boost, and you know how we feel about boosts. We don't like them. There's a reason they're a boost. But Derrick Henry, two touchdowns, plus 350 in game one.
0: Uh, not terrible again. I don't personally bet touchdown props i just don't think there's a lot of edge to be had they're somewhat speculative but if you want to have some fun you're a fan of derrick henry maybe you own him in fantasy go for it but uh, i just don't think there's a ton of value there
3: dave your thoughts on that i think he can do it i just wish the odds were a little bit higher plus 350 on a on a two touchdown score um doesn't doesn't feel that high i get why it's low it's derrick henry yeah, yeah. I'd, I would rather just – I'd probably take the over on his A good
0: life. exercise to do would be to look at how many times Derrick Henry has had two touchdown games in his career, divide it by the number of games that he's appeared in, and then weigh that against those odds, what you're getting, and you can figure out if it's There's a good no value chance. or not.
3: Right. There's no chance the value is good. See? That
2: right there is why we have professionals that do this, and that's why you watch the show, but you're a part of the show because this is the kind of stuff that I don't even know to look for. And I'm here every single day. This is next level type of capping. That's why we are they have the absolute best. Real quick, before we get off, so many people love to bet overs. I'm one of them. Please, Alex, in 15 to 30 seconds, explain why unders and props are usually way more profitable than overs.
0: Yeah, even just from a historical standpoint, coach, unders have hit at nearly a 60% rate across the board. Years ago, actually, you could just look at the highest projected uh, totals uh, as far as props were concerned and just cut, close your eyes and just bet under and you would come out with a decent win rate. There's just a lot more ways. For a play to go under, uh, whether it be ineffectiveness, coaching, a guy getting demoted, a guy getting injured, you also start out with a victory as well. And uh, people are just more intuitively inclined to bet over. So there's just going to be some inherent value betting under. So definitely something you want to consider and try and uh, train yourself to look for more and more and more.
2: There you go. By the way, Nick, we see his text right there. He's trying to be positive. But, yes, yeah, he's being negative. Let's really dissect that text for a second. Over 200 people watching and less than 70 likes. Let's hit the like button. That's the positive. You've got the dynamic duo in front of you. Hmm. Which two is he talking about? There's three on the screen. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm the one he's leaving out. And, Nick, I've got an issue with that. <laughs> I've got an issue with that. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Taking a backhand to slap right across the face. But that's okay. I'm just here to navigate and be the point guard. They're the star- I say it all the time. They're the stars of the show, and I mean that. So, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap courtesy of the jeweler on the ones and the twos, and this looks absolutely glorious prop stars, Lamar Jackson going to prove everybody wrong. Playing like an MVP starting week one. Tyler Boyd, sorry, son. You're not going to get the targets this week. Mike Isecki, you can't even be in the offense. This number won't be around for several weeks. Get it this week. Evan Ingram, Jacksonville over 24 and a half. Reception. Somebody's got to catch the football. And John Dotson for Washington over his receiver prop. Then Uncle Dave is on Jacoby Brissett for Cleveland. Jared Goff for Detroit. Winston for the Saints. Herbert for the Chargers. And then finally, Aaron Rodgers. Uh-uh. One touchdown pass. That's all he gets this week. Plus 159. Man, I love that number. Don't forget, we've got the prop shop every single Wednesday. We will tweet out the time. And then, of course, Alex is a part of our shows all day on Sunday, 10 a.m., noon, 7.30. And, of course, Dave, you can find him on Fantasy Football today. Next show, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, I believe.
3: Did I get all that right? You got it. 10 a.m. Sunday morning, CBS Sports HQ.
2: Boom. And we'll be here every single Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But that is all the damage that we can currently do. So, with that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. Uncle Dave, prop stars, jeweler on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. It doesn't matter the sport, the time, the day. Oh, did you know we haven't missed a day since December 2020? Find me another brand that's done that. They don't exist. Only here at the Early Edge. Good luck.